It's July 13th, 2022. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And of course, uh, this week, we're going to jump right into our conversation about the growing interest in cloud computing and and, uh, AWS, Amazon Web Services. And with that, I want to welcome Leilani Farinas from True Initiative. And Christine Sakuda from Transform Hawaii Government and Eddie Antai from Data House. And they're all here to talk about, you know, things uh, things uh, like uh, Amazon AWS and uh, migrating to the cloud. And I want to welcome you all to Bite Marks Cafe. Hello. Aloha. Thank you. Aloha. Great. Thanks. And, you know, uh, let's... let's uh, Let's start with Eddie and Ed, Eddie. You know, it's uh, great to have you back on, and of course, I've I've had uh, Chris and Leilani on too, so it's great to have all of you back on. But uh, Eddie, you know, when it comes to cloud, and we've been talking cloud for many years. I mean, is there something in particular now? You know, in in uh, July of twenty twenty two that brings cloud into the forefront of people's mind and interests. Yeah, it's a really good question, and um, you know, like we've talked about before, right? Data House and and some of the other uh, technology vendors have been in the cloud for for some time. I mean, for Data House, we've been at it for at least a decade now. Um, <clears throat> but not every organization, um, whether it be private or, or public sector, has embraced it as much. Um, they've been slow to adopt for a variety of reasons. Um, but I think what why now more than ever is if you think about what happened during the pandemic, right? Uh, everyone was forced to go digital, mm-hmm. and and the only way that you could go digital as fast as you had to during COVID was you had to go to the cloud, um, and that's the only way that you could go to to market with speed and scale. Um, so I think now why we're we're really embracing it and trying to push this further is that we don't want to let go of the momentum that has already been established in more of a survival mode. So what we're trying to promote is, hey, um, coming out of the pandemic, let's, let's continue the momentum of adapting uh, cloud technologies in our, in our business structures and our organizations and let's see how we can you know, use it to thrive as, as an economy. Community. You know, that's that's good, and I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a lot of lessons learned as a result of our past two years being somewhat limited in our mobility, but having to do everything from where we, you know, currently sit, right? So uh, the the whole digital infrastructure is, is uh, incredibly important, and coming out of the pandemic, I think it's... Uh, uh, a momentum that needs to be carried forward because I think people realize that for Hawaii, you know, not only because of the fact that we're out here in the middle of the Pacific, you know, we need to definitely leverage uh, these technologies. And I want to I want to get back to you, Eddie, and, and maybe you can give us a little sense of uh, what the difference between, you know, the various cloud vendors are. But uh, I do want to give... Uh, Leilani and and uh, Chris Sakura, a chance to kind of share their role in this uh, ever ever evolving cloud environment. So, Leilani, start off with the True Initiative. I know that a lot of times you're bringing businesses together. You're showcasing the various technologies that some of the businesses are using. What is your uh, kind of current project or or um, you know involvement with getting more? 
companies and businesses familiar and and more uh, receptive to cloud technology? Sure. Well, this event is no different than what we would do when we want to communicate and be informative with Hawaii's companies. It's just on a larger scale. And um, we're working with the three of us, Eddie and Christine, are making sure that we're working on a conference that is relevant to Hawaii's organizations. And so what we typically would do is share use cases because we can't just talk about the technology um, there's not much of a connection to it unless you know um, how it was applied to a company that is familiar to us all and what the outcome is. So a lot of the, the narrative and a lot of the content throughout will talk about the technology and it will be informative in that way. But it, we will also create a connection with Hawaii's uh, organizations and workforce. So um, that's sort of the, the part that True is, is bringing in. And the the, the uh, conferences uh, that you're referring to is the what the Cloud Innovation Summit, the Hawaii Cloud Innovation Summit. Great, and, and it's the first ever. And <clears throat> so both you, uh, well, True Initiative and Transform Hawaii Gov, are involved with this. Christine, I mean, what's your what's your role in this? Are you one of the primary organizers uh, for this summit? Yes, thank thanks for it. So Transform Hawaii Government, along with are the nonprofit organizations, the community organizations that are really hosting this event. We're really excited to do that. As you know, Transform Hawaii government has been a partner with state government leaders to create a government that places a high value on responsiveness and cost effectiveness, transparency and accountability and cloud innovation and is really a key component of that as we learn from the pandemic. And so we're really excited to partner with True. Um, we've partnered with True on lots of other things. As you know, we've been on the show, the Bite Marks Cafe show, to talk about that. But in addition to True and THG, the other partners of this event are the Hawaii Tourism Authority, because this event is occurring on July 28th, um, Thursday, July 28th, at the Hawaii Convention Center. So we are very we're thrilled to have the Hawaii Tourism Authority as a, an additional partner, along with Data House. And Amazon Web Services. Okay, so was it? I mean, was it uh, HTA just because it's at the convention center, or, or is there a connection between what HTA might be doing with respect to the cloud? And that's a that's a Christine question. Since you brought it up. <laughs> um, well, it, um, the Hawaii Tourism Authority is. You know, we did reach out to them because we thought. Um, the convention center would be a nice venue. Mm -hmm. And I do think that, like many other agencies um, across the state of Hawaii, they're looking towards becoming more, you know, leveraging technology to become more resilient, more responsive. And um, I think cloud is no doubt a part of their strategy, although I can't speak to that specifically, but they're really excited that we're having this event there. And I'm glad you brought uh, AWS uh, into this, and and maybe Eddie, you can kind of uh, help to uh, maybe dispel what what are some of the considerations <clears throat> that might be considered by businesses and and uh, uh, people that are maybe trying to figure out like what's the difference between going with a AWS solution or Google or uh, Microsoft or <clears throat> for, or Oracle for that matter. I mean what what is it that 
that perhaps uh, makes AWS uh, differentiate itself? Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty technical question, and it really just depends upon your your technical infrastructure of your business organization and what the cloud platform is going to make the best sense um, for supporting all of your applications and, and and basically your overall digital strategy, right? So, um, I mean, reality is you know, AWS is the number one cloud provider in the world, uh, followed by Microsoft and Google, uh, Oracle's um, Somewhat of a distant fourth, but they're growing further mm-hmm. uh, as they invest in, in their platform. So, I mean, that's that's your global makeup in terms of cloud providers. Um, you know, for Data House, we we decided to to go all in with AWS, uh, largely because it fits our business strategy. We we've you know been around for nearly 50 years, and we've always been known as a custom development uh, software integrator. And you know, AWS's uh, cloud platform uh, enabled us to, to enhance our capabilities from that standpoint. So, you know, it's not to say that that it's for everything. You know, Microsoft is equally with their Azure platform is is super awesome, um, and you know, it may work for a lot of organizations as well. Um, so, I think it's just providing. You know our customers with a choice. Um, you know we're not big enough to do to be all for everyone, uh, so we decided to put everything in the AWS uh, platform. Is there is there anything Eddie in in terms of what AWS in in terms of its uh, uh, features and and you know the kinds of uh, perhaps benefits that would result from an AWS versus let's say uh, a Microsoft? I mean what what sort of stands out? What do you think differentiates itself? Um, I mean, you have to go back to the origination of how each of those providers um, developed their cloud platforms. Uh, AWS, as you know, is known for their retail business. Um, So they were able to develop a retail business um, digitally. Mm -hmm. And in order to support that, they they had to create their own infrastructure, right? Um, so through that process, they developed the cloud platform and decided, you know, hey, why don't we sell this to others, other businesses? Because, you know, we have all this excess capacity in, in these regional data centers all located all around the world. I mean, that's the genesis of how they came up to the cloud. Um, whereas Microsoft, you know, they were a enterprise uh, software vendor, you know, selling Microsoft products, whether it be Excel or, or or SharePoint or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so their their entry into the cloud was a little different, right? So it's, it really just depends on on what makes sense for your business strategy um, of what cloud provider is going to best suit your needs. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a good explanation. You know, I do want to <clears throat> kind of delve into what does it take to actually build a skill sets in order to work in this in this particular field. We'll hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Leilani Farinas from True Initiative, Christine Sakuda from Transform Hawaii Gov, and Eddie Antai from Data House. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lamy. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Leilani Farinas from True Initiative, Christine Sakuda from Transform Hawaii Gov, and Eddie Antai from Data House. And we're talking about uh, migrating to the cloud. And of course, right before the break, uh, Eddie was uh, doing a good job of telling us, you know, maybe the differences of the, uh, let's say, AWS. Amazon Web Services versus a, a Microsoft solution. And, of course, it does really depend on the, the roots and, and where they both kind of came from. So depending on the business's kind of comfort level with, uh, you know, where those roots are, I mean, that I think they would be drawn to a particular solution. Uh, so maybe I'll, I'll direct this to, um, to uh, uh, Leilani. You know, when, when looking at putting together a, a conference like this, uh, what are what are the attendees? What kind of attendees do you want to attract to this to this innovation summit? Well, we know when we're trying to implement a new technology, um, you you definitely have to have buy-in from leadership, um, and then of course um, there's change management that then needs to you know, get bought in from from the rest of the organization. So, for this, we're encouraging leaders and their teams to come attend and learn because we will be offering up um, various uh, discussions and panels uh, that actually touch on, um, you know, a couple high-level keynote topics at the beginning of the conference. And then we do have some breakout sessions in the second half of the day. And so whether you're interested more in, in the business operations aspects of what the cloud can offer, there's a couple of uh, sessions on that. Uh, there's a more technical track, which if you are a CIO or a CTO, or um, if you worked um, for that team mm-hmm. or in that department and you're a technical person, you could attend those um, sessions. And then you brought up earlier the question about um, you know, workforce development and what, it, what, what types of certifications um, could a person look into. Um, and so we have a... a workforce development track that, you know, interested professionals who may want to pivot or want to upskill could attend those sessions and learn, you know, the, the programs that are available out there. Okay, that's great. And, and uh, Chris, you know, in terms of government, <clears throat> government adopting some of these technologies, I mean, what's your, what's your general sense? I mean, it's been kind of a difficult uh, sell, isn't it, to, into, into government? Um, well, actually, I think that the the state CIO and the IT leadership across all of the agencies is really looking at solutions like cloud technology to really help build resiliency within their infrastructure. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been a lot of lessons learned out of the pandemic. We, we all learn lessons from the pandemic, but with everyone working from home, with, with um Kids studying from home, you know, it really brought to bear the need to have access to, um, in terms of our focus, government services when and where needed. And um, cloud technology, I think, is a critical component component of, you know, government services being available. And so we really hope that um, the Cloud Innovation Summit appeals to, you know, Stakeholders that are both inside of government and outside of government, and both technical um, technical solution providers and you know business leaders, because 
it's such a critical service to, to one, understand, and, and then, of course, apply in their practice. You know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what it takes to actually be a, a cloud, uh, let's say, w- person in the workforce uh, with the right skill sets to, to work in this uh, particular industry. But before we do that, uh, Eddie, you know, <clears throat> when we talk about the cloud, I mean, is the cloud, is the cloud in Hawaii or is it Hawaii just acts as the cloud that basically is, is uh, resident in data centers on the mainland? I mean, what, what is it about the cloud that actually exists here? Just the, just the connections or does it benefit Hawaii to have any of the cloud data centers located here? Yeah, again, um, the cloud is, is anywhere and everywhere you want it to be, right? Um, like getting down to, to more technical specifics, right? Uh, every organization may have their own um, data requirements or uptime requirements or, or disaster recovery or failover requirements. And so depending on what those are, you know, you would architect it uh, accordingly. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm that you have the necessary um, precautions in place, right? So there may be a case where you can have what's called a private cloud, um, and that might be, you know, a, um, a premise here, you know, using, like, for instance, DR Fortress is one of the major co-location sites or mm-hmm. data centers on island. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, DR Fortress has, they have connections and partnerships with all of the major cloud vendors um, that then pipes it, you know, to the various regional centers around the world. Um, so again, it really depends on, on what the business needs are mm-hmm. uh, so that you can architect it accordingly. Is there enough business uh, in Hawaii for multiple data centers? I mean, right now, I think DR Fortress is probably uh, one, of the, one of the main ones. I mean, there's, there's Surfpack and, and uh, maybe a, a couple other smaller ones, but uh, what's your sense of the need in Hawaii? Um, you know, we've we've seen this interesting shift. I mean, Hawaii, I think it's safe to say we're always late to come to the table when mm-hmm. it comes to technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, cloud adoption is one of them. Um, so what we're seeing is, is, is with the last three or four years, there's been this major shift to co-location, um, so meaning to DRF, whereas, you know, five or six years ago, that that wasn't even happening. Um, let alone go to the cloud. So we've seen a lot of companies now, you know, being okay with shifting, you know, getting getting out of their own data centers within their own headquarter locations and and partnering with the DR Fortress, um, but also starting to get more into the cloud. So there's a slow transition to the cloud, and it's not that you, you know, have to be all or nothing. I think there's reasons, there's good business reasons why you would want to have both, right? Um, but that's what we've been observing over the last decade. Yeah, and, and, you know, having a little bit of both, I mean, you need to have, uh, let's say, I don't know, servers on the premise or servers in the data center, and then, you know, there's probably a migration strategy, and and there's IT skill sets that need to come along with that for the, the people that are, that are managing this sort of migration. So I do want to get back to that uh, that question about, you know, do we have the kind of skills in Hawaii and, and um you know, where do companies go to hire them? Well, hold that thought. We'll be right after this, uh, right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Leilani Farinas from True Initiative, Christine Sakuda from Transform Hawaii Government, and Eddie Antai from Data House. This is Bite Marks Cafe. 
Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Leilani Farinas from True Initiative, Christine Sakuda from Transformory Gov, and Eddie Antai from Data House. And of course, we're talking about uh, you know what it takes to actually get the employees uh, ready and upskilled for the cloud. And right before the break, uh, <clears throat> you know, we're kind of looking at with the migration to the cloud, there's going to be all kinds of uh, maybe new skills that, that need to be developed. And, and uh, Leilani, I mean, what are, what are you seeing in the marketplace? Do you see businesses really uh, putting the investment into their employees to get them upskilled, or, or are companies looking to have to hire people from wherever they are? And, and if the expertise doesn't exist in Hawaii, maybe they're hiring from outside of Hawaii. So what's the, what's the current situation in terms of the workforce and the, you know, what, what people need to do to actually be, be ready to take on these jobs? Well, I'll try to answer that question as best I can. But Eddie, being um, in, the, you know, in, the, in the thick of things every day can definitely add to my point of view. Sure. Um, I think it's a combination of both. Um, it, it really depends on the company and um, sort of the solution that they're looking at. I mean, I found that in general, when the major architecting and the huge migration is taking place, um, a company would typically be working with a, a bigger organization, uh, perhaps mainland-based. Um, and that's not to say that they aren't necessarily looking to companies like Data House, but uh, the mainland companies have scale and they perhaps could provide a more competitive, um, you know, sort of budget. So there is a ways to go. Um, you know, there I'm constantly focusing on ways to, you know, how we can develop programs or how we can, even true, how we can uh, develop the program that, that Eddie started, mm-hmm. um, which is a community innovation mentorship program, which basically taps into our own talent um, from the university and high school and placing them in a particular project where, um, you know, lining them up with a data house if there's a project to be developed, and then they have um, true workplace um, experience. So I think it's a combination, but we're going to get to a place. There is huge opportunity in that, um, in this area. And it's certainly something for professionals who are interested in, in a career in technology. This is definitely an area that the demand is, is high, and not only in Hawaii, but globally. And I'm wondering, I know Eddie definitely has um, some clear viewpoints on that because, again, he's in the ranks every day. Eddie, Eddie, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, the short answer is there's not enough cloud architects and software engineers in the world. So <laughs> uh, not just in Hawaii, but globally, yeah. um, they're in high demand. Um, so it's it's uh, it's kind of like a chicken and egg right um, syndrome right now. Is that businesses, particularly in Hawaii, are are finally realizing that they do need to adopt cloud um, technology for them to survive as a business, let alone meet some of the business strategies from a digital standpoint. Um, but how do, how do they do that without the resources, right? So they have to rely on, on, on consultants and vendors like Data House or, or other national uh, brand companies. Um, but it costs a lot of money. I mean, it's, it's not cheap, right? Even for Data House, I'd love to be able to 
to hire <clears throat> some of the top cloud engineers, um, but not only are they far and few between, they're super expensive, mm-hmm. um, right? Um, so it's, it's really looking at uh, it at a, a broader strategy, right? So we may invest in, you know, one or two um, and, 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 you know, be able to disperse that through our various client portfolio base in the business, but yet I want to be able to, to invest um, on the entry level. So like Leilani had mentioned, the Community Innovation Mentorship Program is, is looking at our local universities and supply that's coming out of them, <clears throat> being able to invest in them early on, on cloud adoption and cloud technologies and running them through the various uh, certification programs. In our case, it would be you know, the various AWS uh, certification programs to get them more exposed and then put them on jobs that they actually are learning on the job now. And, and Eddie, so in terms of uh, an opportunity, do you see some of the expertise that people might gain doing, doing cloud architect and cloud design to not only service companies here in Hawaii, but also service companies on the mainland? Oh, absolutely. This is not a, a Hawaii-only problem. Mm-hmm. Every, every community across the country is experiencing this problem. I mean, we deal with, we have partners, global partners on the mainland um, that they don't have the resources. Um, so we're able, to, we're actually filling the gaps for them, which is kind of cool. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Now, uh, I want to give Christine a chance to tell us a, a, a little more information about uh, this Cloud Innovation Summit. Where can people sign up for that? Okay, thanks for it. So again, the Cloud, the Hawaii Cloud Innovation Summit is on Thursday, July 28th from 8.30 to 5 at the Hawaii Convention Center. And so I think people can find out more information if they go to the Transform Hawaii Government website or the True website and, and Data House's website. Um, but I also want to, you know, reiterate that we really are excited about the summit. We hope that it inspires people, um, that it educates people about what is cloud innovation. It demystifies that. Um, and we're having a couple of really cool keynote speakers. Um, one of them is a lieutenant governor from American Samoa. Another one is um, they leverage Amazon Web Services to integrate the, their Medicaid eligibility system in Washington, D.C. So it's really a combination of bringing world-class um, experts here and also applying real use cases and how is, how is AWS used in the field that we can really raise um, a level of understanding and, and um, excitement about cloud innovation services. Oh, that's great. So, uh, so is, this a, join us. is this a, a, a free event? Yes, it's a free event. So, sorry, say that again, Chris? It is a free event to the attendees, yes. Oh, very good. All right, okay, and... Uh, you know, I did with did want to give uh, Leilani a chance to share a little bit about uh, an an event coming up, not quite cloud, but yeah, I guess it is sort of cloud. Yeah, I mean the 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 esports event. Yes, so um, it's another true project that um, we're working on, um, and Christine and Eddie uh, are involved too because they are part of our true committee. So we're very excited to announce what we're calling the True Esports and Tech Lab in the Waipahu Public Library. Um, It's a destination for the community to go in for free, um, learn, study, and play. 
So we'll be offering up the most uh, popular competitive um, video games and gaming. Uh, All right. And also on those, these world-class computers that are very powerful, the community will also be able to take classes in software game development. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks, Leilani. Of course, Leilani Farinas is the executive director of True Initiatives. Christine Sakuda is the executive director of Transform Hawaii Government. And Eddie Antai is the president of Data House. And I want to thank them all for joining us today. And of course, you stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marsh Cafe. Reveal is next.